Hello, and welcome to Turn That Trash Into Your Treasure, where every week we get together and we turn those trash thoughts into the treasure that's going to turn you into the person that you're meant to be. Hello, how's everyone doing today? Today we have Jill. Jill, will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Jill, and I am uh, a pastry chef. That's my career, essentially. But I am transitioning to becoming a death doula. Uh, my business is End of Life Clarity, uh, because that's a big part of what I really want to do, is help people get clear on really what it's like at the end of life and try to help people not be as afraid of it. Um, so I work with people actually at the end of life, but also even people, you know, 30s, 40s that just want to be better prepared in case, God forbid, something happens. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, so what got you into that? Uh, well, it really started about 10 years ago. My, um, I lived with my grandmother my husband and I owned a bakery. And so... I was taking care of her at the end of her life. And the people from hospice were just absolutely amazing. They helped me a lot. I didn't understand what was happening a lot of times. Um, and so they would come in and they would answer all my questions. And they just were so wonderful that after she passed away, I actually said to my husband, you know, I think I might wanna potentially change careers and maybe become a hospice nurse. But then the more I started looking into nursing, I was kind of like, I don't know if that's right. I don't think that's really what I want to do. And so, you know, a couple of years later, I heard of a death doula and I knew about a birth doula. So when I heard this idea of a death doula, it just like something just clicked. And I was like, that's it. I was like, that's what I want to do. Even thinking about it now, I get goosebumps. I was just like, that's what I meant to do. And so I had started working on um, the business probably like late 2019 and I started looking into different places to get my certification and you know kind of going through the process and then COVID happened um, and so now I found myself with more free time and so it kind of just like took off where all of a sudden I found you know all the different things that I needed and I had the time and so I just really worked hard to get the business um, while I was only working part-time for my regular job. Um, I really worked hard to get my business like up and running and get the whole concept together. And I found a great mentor who's actually in California, but being in New Jersey, I sent her an email and I was like, I know this is kind of a long shot. And she was like, well, right now I can't see people in person anyway. And so then it was cool because now her business, she's actually got mentors all over the country because it worked really well with us. And so now that like helped her grow her business, which I thought was awesome because she was really wonderful and she's still wonderful. I mean, I'm done my program and anytime I have any questions for her, I'll, you know, send her an email or text and I'll be like, I don't really know if I'm thinking about this right. Um, and so she helps me understand, but yeah, it's, it really feels right. And um, I'm just excited to eventually leave my full-time job to work on this full-time. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm at this point of transition where I'm not really afraid to leave my job, but I'm a little afraid to leave my job because of money and because, 
you know, all the things that like everybody tells you, you have to have like a nine to five job and like all these things. And now all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to quit my job to work on this business. So I'm kind of at a like point now where I'm trying to work past that hurdle. Um, so is the, is the bakery that you work at you and your husband's or is it a different one? Well, so actually what I do now is I teach a job training program um, in what used to actually be one of the most dangerous cities, well, the most dangerous city in uh, the country. Um, And I love my job for a lot of reasons. You know, I get to um, help people a lot of times who are coming out of prison or were homeless or, you know, addicted to drugs. And I get to give them skills and help them find the job. And I really love it, um, but it can be uh, very emotionally draining, which is okay. I mean, obviously, the business I'm going to go into as well is also emotionally draining. But I'm also like, I have to be there certain hours, which I'm trying to get away from. Um, so actually, right now, I'm just an educator. I t- you just went out on me. Yeah, now I can hear you. You were actually like going in and uh, not going in and out, but you were like getting higher and lower. But yeah, now you're like really good. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think my phone just went to sleep. So I'll just make sure. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. So do you want me to a certain spot or? Um, You said that you were an educator. Yeah. So um, right now I don't actually work or a restaurant, but I'm still in a kitchen and kitchens are definitely really hard on your body as well. So um, I'm 42 now, 43 this year, and I don't really want to be in a kitchen too much longer. So um, even though I'm not working in a bakery or a restaurant, I do still, you know, carry and unload trucks and, you know, do all those things. So, um, but I want to also leave before I'm burned. So that's kind of my goal is to leave on my terms, not because I'm like, you know, losing my mind over it. Yeah. So what do you feel like you're having the most, most trouble with in transitioning into this new job or just to get to that point where you can go into the new job or the new career? Um, well, so there's a, few things that I feel like are probably all equal, equally weighted in holding me back a little bit. Um, death doulas have been around forever, but not in mainstream, right? It's like something that like traditionally, you know, women would do this type of work, but not really in the last, you know, 100 years even. Um, and so there's a lot of going to be just like getting the word out. You know, it's not like I've got like people beating down my door for me to do this work with them. Um, even bringing up the conversation with people that are more my age. And I say, oh, do you have an advanced healthcare directive? You know, you should really have these things in place so that if God forbid something happens to you and like people don't even want to talk about it, they get a little afraid. You know, we're not really taught to talk about our own death in particular. So like mm-hmm. I have that hurdle. But then also there's that fear of, you know, I don't make a ton of money at my job, but I'm still, you know, looking at saying, okay, well, I'm going to give up a regular paycheck to potentially not have 
much of an income. And, you know, now, like when I was younger, it wouldn't have been a big deal, but I have a mortgage and I have two kids and, you know, my husband, like there's other people that that affects. Um, so it's like those two things of like the educating um, and not really being sure, you know, about bringing in enough income to make it work. Um, and I think that's mainly just fears. Like, I think it's, it's a lot of like, I don't know. And also like switching careers, you know, I've already had one person say it to me, like, well, you're just a pastry chef. Like, why do you think you could do this work? And I was like, well, because what I know I can. Yeah. What makes you think that I can't do this? Well, exactly. And so I felt good after having that happen that I was able to respond fairly well. But it's still, you know, in the back of my head, even of like, I know that I could do it on one level, but then there's the other level that's just, and you know, I guess it's like the stories, you know, they talk about like you having the old stories, you know, I think it's Mm -hmm. that it's like that story running in my head of like, yeah, you're just a pastry chef. I've, I've only ever been in food service since I was 16. So like, it seems crazy to say it, but like, you know, 25 years I've been in food service. So there's still that little part of me that thinks that. Right. Do you know anybody else that's been in food service for a long time that was able to transition to another, um, another industry successfully? Oh, actually, that's an interesting question. I had not thought about that. Um, Most of the time, people that I know that are in food service that transition end up doing like I did, which was leaving a kitchen to become a teacher or my husband left. He's a pastry chef as well. Um, you know, left a kitchen to be in sales. So I've not really thought about if there's anybody else I know that's like completely transitioned to something different. So I mean, I'll have even to think about that. Yeah. Even if it's not somebody that you actually know, like maybe that's- it's just somebody that you can like find and like look up to and say, I don't know, you find them on maybe Facebook or Instagram or something like that. And they talk about their journey. And this is where this I did this. And now I transitioned to this because if you're thinking about doing it, there's got to be somebody else that was in that industry for 25, maybe even more than that, that has mm-hmm. transitioned to something else. And if they oh, can I'm do sure. it, why can't you do it? That's true. That's a really good point. Cause I'm sure there is, I mean, this, this industry is not meant for old people, you know, like I hate to say it that way, but, you know, I can't retire at 45, but I also can't be in a kitchen at 55 or 60. I don't want to. I mean, there are some people that do, but it's hard. So I don't want to do that. So there has to be other people. And I, yeah, I'd never thought to go out and, you know, see if I could find some retired chefs that have transitioned to something else because I'm sure they're there. Yeah. And see, that's the thing of our, our brain, like they, it tries to get us stuck and like it wants, not necessarily stuck, but it wants to protect us. And when we start having these ideas, our brain's like, oh, you can't do this because we're safe where we are. But if you find evidence of what you're trying to do and you just remind your brain of that every time, then it's, yeah. it's not like you're tricking yourself, but it kind of is because then you, your brain has evidence, hey, other people have done this. That's really a great point because I'm sure uh, somebody else that did it, that would definitely help my confidence to be like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And people are pretty awesome about stuff like that. Like if 
if they have done it and you reached out to them and said, hey, I noticed that you did this. This is what I'm trying to do. Could you give me any pointers? I'm sure that they would be more than willing to to talk with you or say, this is what I did or you know what I mean? Yeah. For the most part, people try to help people that are trying to do something better for themselves. Yeah. And then one day, hopefully I'll be able to do else, you know, like, yeah, exactly. And as far as, um, as far as like getting your information out there and teaching people about this, because to be honest with you, I've never even heard of a death doula until you mentioned it, but mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. People have been doing it for a long time, but do you, have you seen how other people market it or how other people get the word out? Yeah, I follow a lot of um, death doulas on social media now because like I have an end of life clarity Instagram where I just basically follow only people that are death doulas on that account um, so mm-hmm. that I can kind of see what other people are posting And it's interesting because it's kind of such a new career right now. It's actually recently, though, been on NPR. It's been written up, I think, even like the New York Times. Like there's been like a bunch of information coming out in the last few months about death doulas, which is great. People keep sending it to me. You know, they're like, hey, look, there's death doulas in the news. So like it's a new-ish like thing that a lot of, not a lot, but, you know, people are starting to get into it. And we're all kind of doing it a little bit different which I Mm -hmm. think is great. And it's also really interesting to watch. And I think that's part of it too, is I want to find my own voice. I don't want to just replicate what somebody else is doing. And it's like some people go very deep into like the history and some of it, you know, like I don't want people necessarily that just want to like be fascinated by death and like, you know, want to just follow for that kind of information but I also don't want to leave that out but I'm kind of afraid that's going to scare people away and so I'm definitely trying to find my own voice and also find what I really want to do because there's a lot of different things that death doulas do like some will literally sit by your bedside as you're dying which I think is amazing and I would be okay doing that but other people just mainly do the planning and the paperwork and all that kind of stuff And I'm okay with doing that too. So I think I just also need um, to just kind of like get that experience, just like get out there and just like really, I've done some work, but not a lot, partially because I don't want to commit to like a client that might require a lot of time while I'm still working full time at a job that I can't just say to my job, like, hey, by the way, I have to leave because I need to go take care of a client. Um, So I think I'm going to find my voice as I get more confident and as I start doing it um, and really like just kind of getting out there and having the conversation with people is going to be a little bit easier now that I'm starting to actually like literally physically get out there and like maybe see people so that the more that I talk about it, the easier it gets to kind of explain what I'm like planning on doing and already doing and yeah, I'm, I'm getting there slowly, but surely. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing is like you said, finding your voice to set yourself apart from everyone else, because you don't want to be doing the same thing because that's not what people are going to want They're They are going to come to you because of who you are, but you do have to spend time and you're going to do some wrong things. You're going to say some wrong things 
as you're as you're growing into who you are going to be in this as this death doula. Yeah, and I think I do have some fears around that as well um, with like being in a business that I'm really going to have to have a big social media presence um, mm-hmm. and some of the like, you know, like I know I'm not going to always say things right and I know that I'm not always going to do things right and I don't necessarily shy away from conflict, but I also don't love conflict. I mean, I'm trying to like, I want to make sure that I don't hurt people and I don't say or do the wrong things. And so I think a little bit of me is almost hesitant about putting myself out there a lot on social media. Um, But I know that I'm going to have to in order to really educate people and get the word out. Um, And so I guess I just kind of need to get over some of those fears too of like, if I say or do something wrong, it will be okay. And I can always apologize if I hurt somebody. And, you know, I know that I'm going to try my hardest to not do anything that ever hurts anybody. So I just need to kind of get over that fear as well of like, the, you know, social media conflicts that you see going on sometimes. I just don't want that. Yeah. And that's understandable to not want to be in the middle of that. But like you said, you have to get out there and you have to you have to start curating your message. Um, I know that this is a little extreme, but I, for my business, when I first started getting into it, um, and I'm actually in the middle of it right now, is I started doing live videos every day. And I'm doing 365 days of live where I show up every day and I do a live. Sometimes it's a minute long. Sometimes it's 20 minutes long. And it has helped me become more confident because I am showing up every day. And, you know, the first couple months, I'm sure I said some things that were like, what the heck, <laughs> you know, but, but getting out there and the more that you, the more that you put your voice out there, the more that you're going to see what people react to and what feels good to people and what doesn't feel good to people. And yeah. so that, so that's just the biggest thing is just pushing through what people think. Because people are always going to have an opinion about what you're doing, but you can't, you can't bother yourself with that because their opinion of you has everything to do with the, or, yeah, everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. Logically, I know that it's like there, you know, there's that part of my brain that's like, of course, but then emotionally, you know, that's a little harder to understand that, you know, especially because like I said, I already have some of those fears of like, already kind of, and I don't know, I guess they call it imposter syndrome of being like, well, why, why do I have the right to go out there and do this work? You know, like some death doulas are retired hospice nurses, which totally makes sense. Um, and even my mentor, she um, wasn't a hospice nurse, but she was like a hospice chaplain. And so like, I feel like that gives them that like background to be like, well, of course this makes sense. Where like me, I'm like, I'm a pastry chef, you know, like, let me, let me move into this other world. So do you think, do you think that the people that you're going to be helping are going to be worried about you being a pastry chef or being more compassionate towards them? And that's true. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else with my job that I'm at now, um, I've learned a lot of compassion. I've learned about holding space through a lot of really, really tough traumatic experiences. 
Um, and I'm very good at that. And I think that's, you know, that's a good reminder for me um, to just remember that I am very good at that. And I know that I'm very good at that. And that's what people want. They're not going to care that my, you know, piece of paper before this said I was a pastry chef. So that's a good point. Right. The way that you make them feel and the way that you make their families feel during this is going to matter so much more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do know that I'm good at that part, that, that I am confident about. So when you ask, when you hear that voice in your head that says, who are you to do this? This is who I am to do this. I am compassionate. I know that I can be there for them and show them compassion that they need in this time. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll just have to write that down and repeat it to myself. Maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I'll tattoo it on my arm. I have a lot of tattoos of things that I want to remember, um, including right after my grandmother died. I tattooed over my heart a line from a poem that she wrote that said, um, life is a journey and love is your fuel. And I've tried to like really live my life that way. And I feel like that's probably fitting even for this, right? This is just another part of my journey. And as long as I just go at it with love and compassion and kindness, then you're right. People, that's what they're going to feel. And that's the important part, especially when you're talking about something that people get very scared and very overwhelmed and they just don't know what's happening. So if I can come in with love and compassion, that's all they're going to care about. Yeah. And that's going to make all the difference for their family too. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to remember that they're going to be like, when I was having my hardest time of my life, you came in and showed us so much love and compassion that they, they're going to feel like they can never repay you for that. Yeah. One of the um, hospice nurses that helped with my grandmother. And again, this was 10 years ago. We're friends on Facebook now. Like she really helped me so much. Like I could never repay her for the kindness that she showed my grandmother and me and my family. So, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm kind of curious about how you, how do you, how are you marketing this now? So right now I have um, an Instagram page that I do post on on a regular-ish basis. Um, I have a Facebook business page. And at this point, it's really just kind of like word of mouth that I talk about it enough that I have somebody that will contact me and they'll say, oh, you know, I saw your Facebook post about being a death doula and my aunt just found out she has cancer. Um, you know, I was going to give her your contact info or, you know, I had a guy that I talked to a couple weeks ago that, um, he's a, again, a friend of a friend and he's in his eighties and he just wanted to make sure that he was like ready for when, you know, his time comes. And so we, you know, had a zoom call and we went through everything that he needed. And so at this point, it's really only been word of mouth that's actually gotten me clients. I've had a few that have, you know, actually like paid me for my services, which was exciting. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, you know, one of those things where I really want to start um, getting on my social media and really like creating the lives and creating the videos and like making the content um, that I can really kind of put out there. But that's where.
super knowledgeable about marketing. You know, like when I had a, it was like, I went out and I physically gave people samples, you know, it was like, we've been to events and you give cupcake or cookie samples, but this is different because just a service. So I'm not totally confident in the market either. So I have two things for you. The, as far as you marketing it on Mm -hmm. social media, it just be you. And if you don't know something or you don't know, or you're still learning, be like, Hey, I'm still learning about this, but this is something because people, if you, if you're honest with them and you show up vulnerably, like, Hey, I'm still learning this. I I might be a little bit wrong on this. They're going to respect that, that like, Hey, she's learning, but I asked her this question and she found it out for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's going to help bring, and that's, what's going to set you apart from other people. The people that are just coming in with information and, and like shoving it down your throat because people, yeah, people want to know information, but they're going to buy from you because, or they're going to use you because of you. Yeah. Of who you are as a person. And another thing is like, I was thinking about this. My, my grandparents, they don't have the internet and they don't have any idea how to use it or what it's about or anything like that. So have you thought about like going to, um, to maybe like, uh, assistant living where the people like they, they, they're not like fully gone yet, but the, I mean, not, not fully gone. That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't the best sort of use, but that they are, it's like an independent living, ass, uh, um, assistant living or something like that. Yeah. So that you, that you could like talk to them because I mean, some of them have internet, but not a lot. That's true. So yeah. Just something to think about. And then that way you can kind of come in and interact with them and, Maybe you can go to them, the places and do a presentation or something like that, or, or bake them cookies and go say hi to them and meet them. Or I, I don't know. I'm just throwing out little ideas, how you could like make it a little bit more personable. Yeah. But. No, that that's, um, and again, that's one of those things where I need to leave my job in order to like have the time to do that kind of stuff. Cause you know, I really need to build even relationships with some of the assisted livings around here, which requires, Mm -hmm. you know, time and you have to like, talk to the directors, you can't just like, you know, wander into one and be like, hey, I'm going to just set up a table here, you know? Um, Yeah, exactly. And that's where I, I realize that I need to just like, leave my job to be able to like, grow the business. Um, and so I think my, my goal is in 2022. So like, you know, I'm giving myself the end of this year to like set myself up for leaving, but that's partially just like psyching myself up to be like, no, it's going to be fine. I could do this. I could really do this. How does your yeah. husband feel about it? Um, my husband actually is the most supportive person I have ever met in my life. Um, partially why I married him. Um, (laughs) and I mean, really like he, he's always been there for me when I have doubted myself. Um, and that's where, like, when I first started the business, he said to me, like, I haven't seen you this passionate or excited about something since we planned our bakery, you know, and that's going back to like 2001, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and so that felt really good. And that's where, when I started talking to him about leaving my job, he was like, it'll be fine. Like, we'll make it work. It will be fine. And I was like, but I don't know. And the money. And he was like, it's 
gonna be fine. <laughs> like I know you and I know when you put your heart into something, you're gonna do it. And he was like, and even if we don't make, you know, money off of it at the beginning, he's like, it'll be okay. And I was like, all right, you know, and that's where I do feel like if he says so, then I trust that it's okay, you know, so like, I do have, thankfully, that support from him. Um, it's really just me. It's all me holding myself back. Nobody <laughs> else. Yeah. And, and we do that to ourselves. We, we're scared to, to take that leap. But once we take that leap, it's amazing. I mean, it's not going to be easy by no means, but it is going to be so much more fulfilling when you let yourself step into that. Because if you're getting like goosebumps about it and you just feel like, oh, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. then that there's a reason why you feel that way. And you need to just shake off that scary feeling and jump on into it. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, I know all of what you're saying is right. And I, I am prepared for it not to be easy. I mean, if anything... You know, my seven-year-old daughter, she'll say to me all the time, like, you work all the time. You work so much because I love it. You know, like between going to work, though, out of the house and then coming home and trying to work on my business, I am starting to be at the point now, though, where I'm like, Thursday nights are my business nights. And I try not to work other nights so that I'm still giving my family time. Mm-hmm. But I love doing the work. I love researching. I love learning. I'm working um, right now on developing like a seven week program where it's going to like kind of work with some of your fears around death and do the advanced healthcare directive. And I'm really big into like meditations. Um, and so like we'll do some like guided meditations and some rituals to work with the fears around death. Like I am so excited about this that like I want to work on it all the time. But I'm like, I can't, I, I still need, like, part of why I want to do this business is to spend time. I don't want to be tied to having to go to work. Like tomorrow, my kids have off school and I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, I have to go to work. Like I have to. My business, I just wouldn't schedule anything for tomorrow. Um, so right. I'm trying to balance that, but I actually love working and I don't mind hard work. And so I'm prepared for that. Um, and yeah, I, I almost, I think sometimes like I have that self-sabotaging thing of like, if it was easy, I would feel like I wasn't doing it right. So like sometimes <laughs> it's like, you almost like create like issues just in order like working really hard. I don't know. I think it's like a subconscious thing, but to really do the work and just be able to like devote my time to it. You know, it's funny that you say that, that if you feel like if it's easy, that it, it, you're not doing it well enough or whatever, but when it's easy and you're in, and you're in alignment with who you are and what you're, what you're doing, it's going to be a little easier. Things are going to flow. So you need to you need to think about it that way, that when things are flowing and they seem easier, it's because that's the path that you're supposed to be on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, overall how I've felt about the business so far was like, you know, I, like I said, I found my mentor and I just, I was scared to even like take those first couple of steps. And I was like looking at a couple of different things, but once I really started like searching 
I found her on Instagram and I like saw some of her pictures and I was just like, wow, I was like, her vibe looks really cool. And then when I looked at her name, her name was Jill. And I was like, well, of course her name's Jill. Same <laughs> name as me. Um, and so it just kind of like started flowing so easily once I just started, like once I got over the fear of starting essentially, then it started mm -hmm. to flow really easily. And again, it was still hard. I still had to you know, go through all the like the business stuff and I had to choose the right name. And I threw around, I actually had an Excel spreadsheet that I'm not even kidding. I think had probably 150 different name options where I was like <laughs> moving words around and I was looking at the, like a thesaurus to find different words for different things. And I mean, I was all over the place with it. But then once I came to end of life clarity, I was like, that's it. I was like, that's the name. And then I looked online and the website was available. And like, again, just like everything flowed. And then I got my um, logo designed and it was like exactly like I wanted it. And it just, everything just kind of moved like really nicely after that. And then COVID kind of settled down and my bosses were like, oh, now, you know, we're going to start class again and we need you back in person again. And then it just was like, I just literally almost like hit the brakes where it was like, I was going so smooth and like momentum was great. And then all of a sudden in September, I was like, oh, oh gosh, now I have to be back there 40 hours a week. And <laughs> I had to just like put the brakes on. And so I'm like, okay, I want to get back to that, you know, that momentum again. And I know that I can, I know I can, but of course the longer I am away from that momentum, the scarier it seems, <laughs> the, the like harder it all seems. And it just takes you just getting back into it before you're like, okay. And when you, when you don't really think too much about something and you just do it, it's not ever as hard as you think it's going to be. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The, the fear is worse than the actual, like getting started and doing it. And then you wonder why you waited so long. So exactly. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for all the pointers. I actually took a couple notes as we were talking so that I didn't forget anything. Um, and yeah, and it's just, it's nice to talk to somebody that's so reassuring. Like you really made me feel, you made me feel like I was doing all the right things. So thank you. I really appreciate that. You're very welcome. <laughs> well, you have a wonderful night. You too. Thank you for tuning in today. If you love this episode of Turning Your Trash into Treasure, head over to Anchor, Spotify, or Google Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thank you for listening and your reviews. Until next time.